0: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective and Startup Club's house in Clubhouse. It's free, it always will be free. There are no strings attached. There is no bait and switch. Lurk or listen only, chat with one another in our back chat, or even come onto stage. The coffee shop is open for business. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office, On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On wellness Wednesday, we discuss mental health, wellness, and life skills. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions with the author. And then on Friday, it's no agenda Friday where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand. Or, of course, join us every day live. It is addictive. And remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot. This is Alpha Collective's Collective Cafe. My name is Joseph Jaffe. Well good morning everyone in Discord and on Zoom and uh, I did a little bit of an experiment today which is just about two and a half minutes or three minutes ago um, I decided to see if LinkedIn Live would actually, you know, how it would work um, on a very, uh, on a whim, uh, from a very spent, a spontaneous standpoint. And so hello to all of you that are on LinkedIn Live. Um, this would have been just very serendipitous, no promotion whatsoever, just almost, I guess, uh, I, get, I wonder, I mean, you could probably put it in, in the chat or let me know, was it just a pop-up? Do you have notifications Turned on, or did you just happen to be on LinkedIn at that moment and saw that? Um, in fact, I was live. Um, is there, um, you know, is there a ring around my profile? I'm not really sure. Um, but um, I'm going to try it again. I'll try it again tomorrow. So tomorrow we're doing a live read of a book called Happier uh, by Tal Ben Shahar, and um, it's all about the uh, the pursuit of what the, what he calls the the question of questions, which is how do you find, how do you achieve lasting happiness? And it's ironic because this was given to me by uh, Tony Hsieh. Um It was part of uh, Zappos as the online shoe retailer. I mean, they would not describe themselves that way. They would call themselves a customer service company that happened to sell shoes. Um, you know, their whole positioning, their whole, um, you know, Tony wrote a book on happiness Unfortunately, though, he uh, he did have mental health um, uh, problems, challenges, and he actually took his life um, very sadly. Um, and so that was, um, you know, but, but it's our pursuit. I mean, this is every day we are on a mission to just find happiness, find fulfillment, find meaning, find purpose, understand sometimes the horrors and the pain and the frustrations and the Just the um, uh, sometimes the illogical nature of of life, of the sanctity of life. Um, I'm going to talk today's mental health um, Mental Health Wednesdays, um, and uh, I'm going to talk about a very personal topic in a moment. But just if you are listening in LinkedIn, uh, just give you a quick uh, uh, TLDR: Too long, didn't read. Uh, maybe it should be TLDL. Too long, didn't listen. Um, but the idea is, the idea behind um, the Collective Cafe, um, what's going on? It's saying connected to Joseph's MacBook Air. You are, you can disconnect to remove this phone. Uh, I'm disconnecting. I don't want the phone to be connected. That's weird. Um, I don't even know what happened there. Um, so um, weird things are going on with my phone right now, but whatever. Um, so... For the last year and three months, um, I've been running the Collective Cafe Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, it is, for me, been a huge part of my own mental health regime or regimen. Um, the, the habit, a very positive habit on Monday, we, we call it Manifestational Motivational Mondays, Thought Leadership Tuesdays, Wellness Wednesdays. I was wondering why it wasn't called mental health. It was wellness Wednesday. So it was alliterative Thursday. We do live book reads. And then Friday, it's kind of no agenda, open mic. We invite regulars up onto the stage. Um, generally, almost like Praxim, who's in Discord right now, he's become almost my partner in crime, brings unbelievable um, perspective to the table, which I love. Um, and uh, And slowly but surely, I'm going to start rolling my show out. So for example, Jeff Jarvis is on my show this week. Um, I don't know if he's available, but but eventually when I think I've got a little bit more critical mass, I'll invite them onto the, you know, almost like an after show where we can discuss the show and uh, answer questions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one of the things I've been trying to do is to find a home for the Collective Cafe. And Discord is our home, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. That is our home. Um, but at the same time, we've been trying to find new outlets um, to, you know, to build audience, um, you know, my vision for the Collective Cafe is that we will one day have thousands of people that start their day off or make a point of view, or make it a point in their day to listen live or just subscribe to the podcast version of it, which is uh, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go. And um, for, for a while I've been in Clubhouse um, and at times five, six hundred people in and out the room. But, you know, Clubhouse <laughs> will go. We will look back on this implosion the self-inflicted wound of Clubhouse and just see how they, um, I don't know, they had it, they threw it away um, and, and that may be the end of it um, as far as we're concerned. But it got to a point where, you know, I was doing the show with a startup club which has just under a million members and um, they tweaked the algorithm and, you know, I would start last week, I would start the show and there'd be like three people in the room. What's the point, you know, what's the point when they're actually doing their best to ultimately, um, you know, just dissuade or, or try and, try and, um, you know, almost just move people into a forced contrived artificial direction for them, which is this, you know, product or, or, or need or function that nobody has or nobody wants, which is the concept of asynchronous chat. Um and so I decided um, to like experiment a little bit with LinkedIn today, but without any promotion. Obviously, in order to create any form of momentum, there has to be consistency, as opposed to spontaneity, and there has to be some kind of promotion too. So I'm going to think about that if I have a little bit of time today, and uh, and and maybe start to create these events um, and and do a little bit more. Um, Thinking in advance, I typically come into these sessions um, sometimes even just coming up with a topic three or four minutes before. It keeps me mentally fit, which is to not have to overthink, to overplan um, and just to like, you know, I might see something pop into my inbox or a notification or have a phone call and then something will just uh, inspire me to do an entire session and, uh, and and it's a challenge for me too. Like, can I keep it, you know, so far so good, almost a year and a half of doing this. Um, what I want to talk about, and it's appropriate that we're in LinkedIn today, um, and hello to Praxim and Bez and Christopher and Rhonda, who are in our Discord at the moment. Um, I want to talk about, um, you know, specifically um, the most sensitive of sensitive events, which are, you know, what do they say? It's sex, religion and politics. I'm not gonna talk about sex. I'm gonna talk about religion and politics. I'm gonna talk about what's happening in Israel right now. I'm gonna talk about Trump and not Trump. And, and and specifically, you know, yesterday I just on a whim because um, I we were away on, on, on Monday and I was like, Well, let's just see if maybe the algorithm's back. And so I went into I went into Clubhouse and you know there were th- three or four people, so clearly the algorithm wasn't back. Um, I shouldn't have gone in because I said I'm out of clubhouse, but I, su- I suppose it's like an addiction, you know, which is this idea of I just can't let you go. And uh, I'm going to use my bleeper in a minute. Um, and I changed my profile to Star of David um, with the words, am Yisrael Chai, which is in Hebrew. Um, you know, I'm Yisrael, the land of Israel Chai is to live, you know, like Lachaim. And someone I saw wrote in the chat, basically, Israel. And, you know, I just closed the room. And I just closed the room immediately. And I thought to myself, you know, I think, I think this ultimately is a representation of the platform. A platform that is toxic has toxic people in it. Or maybe it's the people that the toxic people that make the platform toxic, or maybe it's a chicken and egg as well. And I just thought to myself, you know, I I didn't want to be there anymore. I shouldn't have been in the first place. It was a great opportunity, and it was a validation for uh, for the fact that there was time to make that clean break. But I thought to myself, and this, you know, we can discuss this today on on three different levels. Uh, the first level is. Um, completely benign, Um, Lauren Griffiths. um, I saw her one day during COVID um, on LinkedIn. She had changed her profile picture um, to, you know, she'd just gotten out the shower. Her hair was kind of wet. Um, She had no makeup on and she was wearing a hoodie. She was working from home as all of us were because it was in the middle of COVID. And so she changed her Photoshopped, um, her filtered, her makeup, hair and makeup, her professional headshot or bio. I think she worked for a company like, you know, like Intel or Lucent or Cisco, one of those types of companies. Um, and she changed the polished one to basically saying, "This is me. This is me. This is what I look like, and this is what I look like right now." And um, and it just went viral. People went nuts. People went crazy for it because she was speaking to them. Um, she was basically speaking to a truth that people everyone felt, everyone gets it, but you know, maybe no one had done it before. She was the first, at least at least as far as I was aware, to actually just represent herself as she is, not as she would like to be seen. Um, and you know what it speaks to is this whole concept of, you know, separation. You know, it, it speaks to, in my opinion, um, a lot of, um, it speaks to a lot of um, what we notice right now is happening. Um, the movie, uh, um, it, what's it called, Severance? Is it called Severance? Now I'm suddenly, like the the show on, um, on Apple about, I think it's called Severance, um, where people have this chip implanted that creates this clean division or line between work and home. Where when you come to the office, you have no um, concept of, your, of who you are, of your home life, of, of whether you are madly in love or going through a divorce, um, whether you have children or not. Um, any of your pressures, strains, stresses, um, you, know, loves, hates, of your personal life, you literally check it at the door. And likewise, when you come home, you don't bring your work with you. You don't even know what you do for a living, for the most part. You have no idea. You don't know if you have friends uh, at the office. Hell, you don't even know if there's a workplace romance, if you're, in fact, cheating on your spouse. You have no concept of what is happening at work. And um, and again, it speaks to, there is a it's a novel plot, um, which is why... So many people are watching the show and enjoying the show. I think season two is coming at some point. Um, it's a novel plot because again the you know with everything that resonates and connects with us, there's always an element of truth. Maybe part of us maybe part of us want that. maybe part of us wish for that separation um, which is which by the way, the ship has sailed we're never we're never going back to the way things were because of this new reality, because of work from home and this hybrid reality. And I write about this in my new book, where I basically say, look, it works both ways, right? If, if you know, if our boss, you know, if the, if the, the higher ups, if, you know, if our managers, so to speak, or maybe we are managers, but if we are expected to be able to still respond to email or turn things around or be, connected after 5pm on a Friday until 9am on a Monday, well, then we should also be able to do personal things during office hours too. And it seems like maybe, um, you know, from a corporate standpoint, um, the, the HR component want their cake and eat it, right? We never, we almost feel like Um, I I don't know about you, but I get really frustrated when somebody doesn't respond to me and I work for myself. But even whether it's a client, a prospect, a a colleague or whatever, it's very frustrating not to be in contact with someone after five on a Friday until 9am on a Monday. And it's more the exception than the norm, just to be clear. Um, But at the same time, we're kind of two-faced. We're hypocrites because we kind of get a little frustrated when we see people working for us um, that are doing personal things during the day. It's almost like they're goofing off, so to speak. I mean, I had an intern last year, and um, you know, I wanted them to be available on the weekend if, they, if, if I needed them or if something came up, and I got a little irritated if they came in 15 minutes late. So we can't help it. It's a natural instinct um, to want to have our cake and eat it. And um, and so the reality, of course, is that it's really impossible um, to, you know, one thing I did write in the book, which is um, <laughs> uh, no one, no one, uh, well, they say I should have spent more time in the office said no one ever. Um, but the reality is I disagree with that statement for two levels. One is We want people, you want to be in a position in life where you say, I should have spent more time in the office. Well, and and of course, you know, the the joke there is when your office is three feet from your bedroom, of course you wanted to spend more time in the office. But why wouldn't you want it to have spent more time in the office? When your work takes up such a huge part of your life, how can you not love it? How can you not be happy? How can you not be fulfilled? How can you not be in, in a, if you're not in a position to make a difference, you know, where you're actually doing something meaningful, working with meaningful people, then why are you doing it in the first place? The, um, the EOS life as an implementer now as a coach is to, is to, you know, do what you love with working with people you love, making a tangible difference, being paid what you're worth and having time to pursue other things. So in many respects, you know, that is, I feel, somewhat universal. And for most people, it's probably aspirational, but it doesn't have to be. It shouldn't have to be as well. So it's hard to necessarily separate. And now, and then, of course, we went through, we've been through, you know, this is now the third, I mean, I want to say there are many of them, but the first iteration with respect to politics, you know, in this country and in particular the divisiveness um, of Donald Trump and how, you know, Trump tore not only the country apart but families apart, relationships apart. Never have we witnessed such divisiveness. And it didn't stop there. We We then had the whole COVID to vax or not to vax, to mask or not to mask again, Tearing people apart. And now for me personally, you know, as a Jew, as a proud Jew, as a Zionist, you know, as someone who is, you know, as family and friends in Israel, you know, someone who is witnessing atrocities, that it's not just me, um, that, you know, CNN that tends to be much more liberal, more left-leaning, you know, more more fair and balanced, ironically, because, you know, that's Fox News' moniker, where, you know, still you would expect CNN to have someone on, on the Israeli side and then someone on the Palestinian side to represent a, dif- uh, a balanced point of view, um, or at least, you know, uh, a, whether you call it balanced or biased. And and so the, the subject for today, it's Wellness Wednesday, is, so what do you do in this position? You know, what do you do in this position? Do you in fact, you know, just stay as you are right now? If you look at my at you look at my image, my profile on LinkedIn, it's it's me. You know, it's me smiling. It's my EOS photo shoot. Right? Um, you know, I'm looking down in the audience and I see your human faces too. You know, Sharon is there and Bez is there from what I can see at the moment. Um, I look in in discord right now and we've got a giraffe and we've got an, an, an we've got an ai avatar and we've got a human and uh, and we've got an owl and we've got my Andy Warrell ai avatar um, and so so do we change should we change during these times we've certainly seen that when there has been um you know these these atrocities in the world you know, Charlie Hebdo, I um, mean, you know, you can name them, etc. We've changed our avatars, <clears throat> excuse me, our profile pictures to show solidarity. Um, and you know, and sometimes that's all we do. And the question comes down to, you know, what do we do? What should we do? First of all, should we just proceed as business as usual? You know, should I just say, look, you know, Joe, it's uh, when you're on LinkedIn, be professional because LinkedIn is professional. And when you're on YouTube, do this. And when you're on Instagram, do that. And when you're on Facebook, do this. Certainly for me, Facebook has always been um, the platform that I've been able to be a lot more personal and speak more personally and deal with more personal issues. You know, I was certainly quite outspoken um, against Donald Trump, and um, but I don't think I ever posted anything on LinkedIn about it. I certainly, <clears throat> I don't believe that I did much on Instagram either. Maybe sometimes in a story, but you know, each platform has a different role, has a different authentic voice. But certainly, um, you know, from time to time on my show. But most of my vocalization was on. Facebook and Twitter as well. Sorry, I forgot about Twitter too, because everybody likes to shout on Twitter, don't they? And so, <clears throat> and I did the same with COVID. And now I'm in this position, which is, um, I mean, this is a lot more personal now. What's going on in Israel? This is about as personal as it gets. This is a lot more personal than than even what happened in in this country with with the election. You know, it's ironic because when you think about Democrat versus Republican, when you think about raising or lowering taxes in general, from a fiscal standpoint, you know, most people I know would say that they're socially liberal and fiscally conservative. But from a fiscal standpoint, we all want to be conservative. We all want to be able to maximize the bang for our buck. No one really loves to give taxes, for the most part. There are people that actually believe in them. But for the most part, you know, we don't. So in many respects, you know, what happened from a political standpoint, there's what's good for me and there's what's good for my neighbor and what's good for this country and what's good for humanity. And you can draw that on many different parallel paths. What do you do in that situation? Are you being true to yourself if you just keep quiet? Are you being true to yourself when you choose when you want to speak up and when you want to quieten down? Or is what is required sometimes to be more consistent? speak up all the time or don't speak up at all? Or are there some platforms that 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 it's okay? Is it okay to be able to say, um, you know, and <clears throat> I'll just take everything out of it for a second. What I'm trying to do now more, more uh, often than not is focus LinkedIn on certainly a more, professional, a more professional point of view. Um, Focus LinkedIn more on EOS. EOS represents for me um, uh, an important, a critical part of my um, professional revenue roadmap and plan, being a business coach and a leadership coach. So what that means is on one hand, you know, not, and I use the word spamming my Facebook friends with EOS, um, thought leadership. Maybe an announcement or two every now and then. But similarly, not posting uh, about a kid's birthday party on LinkedIn. So if that, you know, if that is true for, for content, right? If that is true for content and focus areas, by the way, I had someone reach out to me on LinkedIn saying, you know, Joe, all this EOS stuff, I think I'm going to mute you for a while or maybe just unfriend you and you let me know when you're uh, off this EOS, um, you know, mission and, and I'll come back. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to let you know when I'm, when, you know, when I'm worthy and enough for you to uh, hear what I have to say, um, but you know, works both ways. Works both ways. These are challenging times, and from a mental health standpoint, you know we've got to be able to articulate, to connect, to communicate, uh, to <clears throat> to commiserate, and. It just seems disingenuous to me to have to bottle everything up. Sorry, that's the 8.28 a.m. frog. It seems wrong. It seems wrong to be able to say that, you know, what's going on in my life, in my heart, you know, in my mind is something that I have to keep to myself. but at the same time there's also a business side to it and that business side to it is one that says look you know I'm not going to make it professionally if um, I'm not going make it professionally if 50% of my clients won't do business with me because I'm a Democrat or a Republican because I'm a pro or an anti-vaxxer, because I'm a Zionist or, you know, or a Palestinian. That seems, that seems like strategically a very bad situation or bad decision to, you know, have to literally, um, I mean, it's hard enough to focus it's hard enough to target. It's hard enough to um, to be focused. And yes, you can't please everyone all the time. You can't be all things to all people because if you're all things to all people, then you're nothing to nobody. But at the same time, as well, you know, it doesn't just apply to content. It applies to to context too. Because I am who I am. And I think maybe there's part of the message is for us to be who we are. You know, it's a, it's the accept me for who I am. It's, um. there are many things about me that you're going to love and many things about me that you're going to that you know, that you're gonna hate. Maybe it shouldn't be on me. Maybe it should be on you. Can you accept me for who I am? I think a big part of it comes down to always respect. Right? You may not like me all the time, but do you respect me? You may not understand me all the time, but do you respect me? I think almost respect is is a common thread. You know, the <laughs> Israel, that's not respect. They might argue that I'm not respecting them by changing my avatar and showing support and solidarity. I don't buy that. I actually think when somebody overtly or outwardly says this is who I am, at least you know. Maybe I'm being naive. Maybe I'm being naive in the sense which is to say, look, I am, you know, there may be someone, you know, I I mean, I, I, I struggle on a daily basis, really, to understand how anyone could vote for Donald Trump in this upcoming election, assuming... I still don't understand how he is the presumed Republican nominee with all these indictments and, and allegations up against him. I mean, come on. Three strikes and you're out. I get the first one. I'll give you the first one. I mean, I don't, but let's just say I do. You know, someone who was in Washington establishment, who, you know, was anti-this, who ran, you know, was an entrepreneur. Let's just, you know, calls it like he sees it. All these lines, crooked Hillary, whatever, all of them. You know, whether we want to, um, whether we want to talk about, you know, that we were voting for him or not voting for Hillary in this particular case. But let's just go with it for a second. Let's go with the fact, let's give him a shot. We're so dissatisfied and so, you know, with the Washington establishment that we're going to we're going to we're going to um go for it. Let's see what he can do. Well, we saw. And you know, we and then there was a second vote and he lost. And we saw what happened after that and still there are, I mean, I saw, I don't know, a poll on Twitter that said 80% of Republicans are still voting for him and he has a double-digit lead over Biden. And I was like, how? Why? What? But more importantly, when, when I am sitting across the table, this is the point that I want to discuss, right? When I'm sitting across from the table from someone who is you know, let's just say wearing a Trump 2024 cap. Can I, can I find a way to still do business with them? Can I, or am I just immediately opting out? Okay, hard when they're sitting across the table from you. Let's, let's go with another example. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and someone's got Trump 2024 splashed all over their page. There were times I would just unfriend or block even, depending on what they said. Because I was like, I just, we're so different. We're so not the same. We're so misaligned that I just can't find a way to to, to figure out a way to work with you or to be with you, or to connect with you. Um, I don't believe that that's the right way. I think we have to find a way. I think we have to find a way to self-compartmentalize. Self-comp- self-comp- self Almost do the severance thing, self-severance. Because... I think the ramifications or the implications are too dire to go through our lives just excluding people and casting them aside, um, even even if in some cases it's justified. I just don't think that that is scalable or sustainable. I think the answer is to compartmentalize. And be able to determine, you know, what is okay and what is not okay. What is you know, what is on the table and what is off the table perhaps. And maybe some of you disagree. Maybe some of you are saying, Nope, that to me is a that is a deal breaker. Someone's anti-vax, they're out. Someone's pro-vax, they're out. Someone's pro-Trump, they're out. Someone's pro-Biden, they're out. Someone's pro-Israel, they're out. Someone's pro-Palestinian, they're out. Just exclude them. I mean, that's where the world is going at the moment. I think to myself, um, you know, I, I... I want to I want to scream. I want to rage. I want to you know, I want to share. I absolutely want to you know, indicate my absolute disgust and the horror the, the inhumanity of what has transpired with men, women, children, infirmed, handicapped, elderly, Holocaust survivors, being brutally massacred and murdered? Is there any other way to describe it? I cannot engage with someone that is going to tell me well, you started it. I cannot engage with someone who says, you brought this on yourself. Your corrupt politicians, Netanyahu, um, who is like Israel's version of Trump in many respects. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what people say. But I cannot engage with someone who says that to me. Now, when, to be clear, when I say I cannot gauge, it doesn't mean I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. It doesn't mean to say, uh, you know what? I'm just going to unfollow you <clears throat> immediately. I am just going to I'm just immediately, you know, like I'm opting out. I am I am opting out of you, buddy. You're done. You're dead to me. I don't know. Maybe the answer is to, is to figure out, is to draw some lines and determine <clears throat> what is and what is not acceptable. I am a humanitarian. I don't want to see a single innocent person harmed in any way. How how could I think otherwise? How could anybody think otherwise? <clears throat> I think also we certainly can get drawn into what are probably, I would say, losing battles. We could, be drawn, we could be drawn easily into losing battles. <coughs> For example, a conversation about collateral damage. How do you respond to that? How do you respond to a conversation where rockets are being fired from a schoolyard or a hospital? There's no winner in the debate. That's what I've learned. Cause I can give you both sides. I can give you the other side. I can tell you that the Israeli Defence Force, the army, you know, typically do flybys and drop thousands of pamphlets that warn people to leave their, you know, to to vacate or desert or to, you know, to flee. And give them ample time. You might say to me, that's that's bullshit. You might deny that. I could be wrong. You could be wrong. This is what I'm told. Maybe I was told the wrong thing. Maybe that's not true. Or maybe it's not true that, or maybe your denial of that is not true. Who knows? We can get sucked into that debate. I think what I'm learning through this whole point of view is that there are healthy debates and then there are unhealthy debates. And from a mental health standpoint, we need to make sure that we have healthy debates and not unhealthy debates. Because unhealthy debates serve no purpose. Unhealthy debates mess with our psyche, with our mental health, with our mental wellness, with our relationships. Unhealthy debates will never ever lead to any form of resolution or reconciliation or middle ground. They will just perpetuate the divisiveness, the divisiveness that is ripe and, and or rife, whichever word, rampant right now. Healthy debates, to me, are about finding common ground. Can we both agree that the loss of any innocent life is unacceptable? I think we can. Who wouldn't? I would struggle to even have the the conversation on the other side to justify you take out five of our babies, we take out five of your babies. I struggle with that. I, I should struggle with that. Everyone should struggle with that. Again, there's a very slippery slope. We could be arguing about it. I could say, well, do you think that we intended to do that? Do you think we intended, we, do you think the Israeli army intended to, you know, to do X, Y, or Z? Do you think that they try to avoid it? It's a question worth asking, but I don't know the answer. I would hope the answer is yes. Look, the, this is... this is not easy. These are tough times. These are agonizing times. When the world waits and the world watches and the world wails. The world mourns. I think of that line from Mars Attacks with Jack Nicholson. Why can't we just get along? We'll never know the answer. Almost seems like, um, I guess, this is our punishment. This is our, you know, this this is our pain. This is why, you know, there are some that believe that, um, that this world that we live in, this is even part of the, you know, there are some people within, I don't know if it's Kabbalah or Jewish religion, that believe that this world is hell. This is hell. The next world is the present world, and the world after that is the afterworld or the you know, the utopian world, the afterlife. I think based on the events of the last, you know, 72 or, you know, whatever, 96 hours, there's a much stronger case to make that this, in fact, is hell. This is not, this is not the way world. the world should be. And we shouldn't be setting out to tear people apart or tear down or break down or, or, you know, or create arguments. But I also don't think we should be hiding. I think we just have to be true to ourselves. You know, I think respect is such an important part cuz we respect life, we respect each other, we respect diverse points of view. I think we also have to respect the fact that, you know, whenever there is a binary decision or or a a versus, right? you versus me, me versus you. It's it's always going to be somewhat controversial or divisiveness or, or you know, binary in terms of one person wins and one person loses. But I think the reality is we're witnessing a time, we're living in a time where everyone is losing, where there are no victors, And the sooner we realize that, the better off we'll be. To actually come to terms with the fact that if we want to heal the world and repair the world, it begins with us. It starts with us. It starts with us. One person at a time. One intelligent, respectful, kind conversation at a time. I am not going to placate or to, you know, lean back. Um, I'm not going to take a back seat and decide to keep quiet. Why? Because I don't want to lose a potential client, or you know, I uh, I don't feel it's professional enough to indicate what's going on in the world. You know, I'll. But at the same time, I'm not going to go out to inflame. I'm not going to go out to inflame and to, and, and, and to promote more conflict. I think people will self-select. I think the people that choose not to work with me are the people that I probably shouldn't have been working with in the first place. I will continue to find and pursue common ground and middle ground, but not to appease Listen, I had uh, Scott McCain on my show, I pre-recorded with him and Jay Bear last week. And, uh, and he said, I hate the phrase, it's not personal, it's business. He said that is the worst quote in the world. It is personal. It's always personal. When you lose a piece of business, when you get laid off, it's not personal, it's business. Of course it's personal. It's personal to the core. When you're talking about someone's ability to earn a living, to put food on the table, we absolutely need to change that statement. It's not personal, it's, it's just business. No, it is, it is personal because it's business. It's personal and it's business. We cannot block out and repress and and you know sweep our emotions under the rug not anymore not if we want to you know not if we want to solve the mental health crisis in life in 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 business we spend so much of our time in business doesn't it make sense to bring our only self, our authentic self to the table. You know, it makes me think, just a kind of crazy thought is, um, not that I've ever created, a, a, I don't even know if you can create like a Bumble profile or a Tinder profile or a Date profile or a Match.com profile. Never done that. But I imagine that that's your opportunity to say, hey, let me tell you all about myself. Here are the awesome things about me that you will find awesome. Here are the not so awesome things about me that hopefully you can, maybe you'll find them awesome, but hopefully you can tolerate. And here are some things that, quite frankly, are deal breakers either way. They may be for me, they may be for you. I am a proud Donald Trump fan. I'm not, just for the record. <laughs> just in case like someone's just like, wait, what? Um, I am a proud Trumpy. I don't know what Trumpy people are called. Well, it's a take it or leave it. That, no doubt, will be a huge deal-breaker for some people. Some people say, as cute and good-looking as as he is, and intelligent and, and, and appealing as he is, I am now not even going to entertain the prospect of a lifetime with this person, having children with this person, building a home with this person, because he supports Donald Trump. It's kind of an insane thought, and it's not an insane thought. Because there are some people just saying, I'm sorry, it's a deal breaker. I'm just being honest. But I'll tell you, there are plenty of people in my life that are actually Donald Trump fans. And I'm not going to ruin a friendship or even a family relationship because of that. You know what I do in those situations? I just joke with them. I actually sent one of my best friends here. It's a prank packet. It actually um it's it it basically is a confirmation, you know, acknowledgement packet um that is sent out to Biden um Harris 2024 kind of re-election uh supporters. So it's a complete prank and it says, you know, it's got the logo on the front and it says, "Thank you for being a supporter, you know, thank you for your generous donation." And um, and I sent it to him and you open it up and you realize it's a prank. So that's what I do in that situation. I make light of it. Because I know that if it ever got fundamentally to the point, yeah, it could rip us apart. Right now, this friend of mine that I'm talking about, we're both ardent, staunch, you know, um, we're proud Jews, we're, we're proud, we support the state of Israel, we're proud Zionists. He loves Trump, and I don't. Can't say I love Biden, to be honest. I absolutely think this country needs, I think many things. I think this country needs two new candidates. I think most intelligent people share that as well, just saying. Um, but, you know, for me, I mean, he's borderline a deal breaker, Trump. Now I know that at some point, even as united as we are with respect to what's happening in Israel, we could we could probably get into a into a into a really uh, unpleasant situation if we then parlayed what's going on in Israel with with politics. This wouldn't have happened under Trump's watch, could be his argument. My counter-argument could be this is exactly because of Trump moving the embassy to Jerusalem, um, you know, um, with all these blatant, um, you know, often just very callous or, you know, moves and we could go down that rabbit hole until until the end of time. And I could probably send him Biden's speech and, and he could get, you know, annoyed with me or he could find fault in it or he could turn around and say, you know what, Joe, got to hand it to your, your boy. That was a good speech. Credit where it's due. I don't always, in fact, most of the time, this may be the first time I've ever agreed with Biden. Or he could uh, send me a clip from Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or some of the people that were speaking out as well. I guess in a situation, these situations, we have to decide... whether we're going to have a healthy debate or an unhealthy debate that to me is the interesting thought that came out of today's session where I got an opportunity just to speak my mind and i think prove to you that that it can be done in a way that doesn't name call and and um, you know and draw people into what i now call the unhealthy debate but At the same time, I think we've got to also just be ourselves. We can't sugarcoat. We can't candycoat. I can tell you, and I will tell you, that no matter what, no matter what Israel has done or not done or should have done or could have done what happened on Saturday and and thereafter, that's, that's a red line. There's just no justification. It's not even a 99.99%. It's a one. This is black and white. This is you cross the line and there's no coming back from that line. Ever. Ever. Again, remember the debates. You know, the healthy and unhealthy debate has a an interesting venn diagram crossover because again we could talk about gaza and we could talk about when you know how long gaza has been in air quotes occupied by the israelis but we can also go all the way back and 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 you know talk about 50 years of occupation but we can also go back to a time biblically where before, I mean, again, that's my point. My argument for someone would be, wait a second, when last I checked, there were two temples that were destroyed. When last I checked, according to the five books of Moses, according to the Old Testament, or even according to, the new te- according to any of the Testaments, this is a people that existed, that had a right to exist, that were promised a piece of land, um, that, which has been written and documented, which lived there before even a religion was created. We can debate that somewhat respectfully, somewhat intellectually, but it doesn't really help, does it? Because here we are. What are we going to do about it? That's a healthy debate. A healthy debate is how do we move forward. An unhealthy debate is to litigate the past and to dispute the past and to rewrite the past and, quite frankly, to debate on information that is incomplete and or, and or, we don't even know if it's accurate. We have so much energy and wasting that energy is, is is also a crime. I guess what I want to leave you with today is, you know, we have one life to live. We have a certain amount of energy every day. We have to divide that energy between our personal life and our professional life, work and home, work-life balance. But increasingly so, we have this I guess shared life too. It's not just us. It's it's not just my personal and my professional self. It's everyone else. It's my family, it's my friends, it's my social circle, it's my community, it's the it's the town or the geography in which I live. It's my people, my religion, my nationality, humanity? We have a certain amount of energy. How do we choose to spend, to expend, to invest our energy on a daily basis? And at the end of the day, are we wiped out? Are we empty? Are we spent? Or do we have something left? Do we have the ability to recharge? Do we have the ability to to move forward? Because, you know, I was at an event this week. The governor of Connecticut spoke at the event and he spoke about two phrases that are synonymous with the Holocaust, which is the last time in history that this many Jews were killed in one day. Never forget, never again never forget, never again. We may never have peace in our time. That doesn't mean that we don't and we shouldn't spend our energy attempting to pursue it. But also making sure that we do it in an authentic way, that we don't dilute, we don't compromise ourselves, our ideals, our beliefs, in the process. I am committed to healthy debates. I reject unhealthy debates. Life is too short. And thank you for listening today. Probably in, in many respects the most inappropriate and also appropriate um, first, you know, LinkedIn audio, because again, it makes the point, right? oh, you can't have these conversations here on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is for resumes and for lead gen and for this and for that. Well, you know, I spend a certain amount of time here every day. I guess you're just going to have to take the good with the bad. So have an amazing day, everyone. And uh, happier thoughts tomorrow when we continue reading Happier.